Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. Thank you for joining us, those who are on streaming today. We appreciate you being with us. I'm going to switch over to this microphone here so the audio guy knows what I'm doing. Thank you, Richard. How many are glad you're in the house of the Lord today? I love to be with God's people, and you are God's people. And I love to, I love when we can worship God and just, I'm not worried about the time, I'm not worried about what, uh, what's, what you're wearing, what, you know, I'm not worried about what's happening outside this building, I'm not worried about even what's going on in my own life when I get into the presence of God, and it's like gives me this confidence that even in those times when I feel alone, when I feel like, and there are those times. And I think it's because it's not God's fault, it's our fault. That we step away from Him so much. And I love when we come in through worship, it's that reminder of, of His presence. It's so real, isn't it? His presence is real. So if you haven't experienced that before, well, this is, this is as good a place as any to come together and experience his presence together. Some of you here know what I'm talking about. And some of you that might be watching today, whether right now on, what is this, October 6th? Is that today? All right, October 6th. Or some other, some other time. What's that? I mean, November 6th, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. So... Uh, we're here at the lighting camp. That's what we're doing today. This is our, what we call our spark service, where we come together. We worship the Lord. And uh, my name's Larry Knoll. And you can go to our website to get all the information that you could possibly need about our church. If you are interested, maybe you joined us today. You know, you were cruising through the Internet and you were Googling. Maybe you um, happened to see something on line through our YouTube channel, and this title maybe intrigued you, because we're doing a study on rhythms, rhythms, and the reason we're doing this is because I feel like in this, and it's so ironic, because I couldn't be more exhausted and tired physically, mentally, and emotionally than I am at this stage in my life, okay, just because of all the things that our family's been going through. And I, I plan these things out months in advance, what we're going to be preaching on. So it's kind of good because this ministered to me, and I hope it ministers to you. Because I believe there's an importance of having the right rhythm in our life. The importance of work, we talked about last week. Today we're going to talk about the importance of rest and next week we're going to talk about the importance of worship i believe we have to have that balance in our life going on a consistent basis now there's going to be times where we we have to work we have to work maybe more than usual and 
you know, but we have to rest every so often just to keep going. And we need to be worshiping and glorifying God, much like we just did. And not only at that, but on a daily basis in order to strengthen our relationship with him. You know, when I'm here together with you, I get a double benefit. My, I'm strengthened with God, my relationship, and my relationship with you gets strengthened. So we have to work to eat, rest to keep going, worship to glorify God, and we try to balance all three, we try this work-life balance thing, and it's a challenge. But I'm so glad that the Word of God is so clear on how we are to live. It doesn't leave, God did not leave the practical things out of His Word. He put practicality in it so that we could live this life and not be frustrated. I think one of the things about so many religions out there that I see is they put these big demands on people, some of them, and there's no grace. There's absolutely no grace. It's by, you know, it's more by works than it is by faith, some of them. And if you struggle, then you're just not getting it, you see. If you mess up, you're just not worthy. And God gives us information through his word. It's so complete on how to live our life for him. And I love it. So instead of balance, we said last week, let's look at the way we can find a rhythm between all three. The rhythm, and we talked about like Warren, how he plays the drums, and he has to, he has to have bass drum, snare, hi hats, tom toms, um, all these things, and he brings it into balance so that it's a, this complete sound. And I don't know if he's busy back there; he's got a lot going, and to him it's automatic now. But I remember Warren just starting out; it wasn't so automatic. He had to think about things. And that's the way in our lives, it may not be automatic getting that rhythm in life. We may have to focus on some things to make them happen. But after a period of time, it can become more automatic in our life. So instead of compartmentalizing these things, work, rest, and worship. Let's say those three things together. Work, rest, worship. Let's say it again. Work, rest, worship. Okay, that's... That should be our life right there. That should be the elements of our life. Um, so when we talk about the, the, these things, we don't want to compartmentalize them. They're actually integrated. And next week, I'm going to be talking about integrated worship. What does that mean? So uh, we talked about work, the role of work in our lives last week. It's not just a way to earn a living not just a way to provide for our family, but work can be glorifying God through our work. Why? How? By being a steward of the abilities he's given us. See, I admire somebody like Tim, who not only is a good musician, not only a good worship leader, but he's a good engineer. He's got so much talent in his body he's probably got more talent in his pinky than i do in my entire being i mean how can you have that much how can god give one person all that and he just gives me what i have you see well we will need tim is a good steward tim uses what he has and has become better and better at it and god just gives him more and more and more see so when we're a good steward, 
were glorifying God, saying, I love the way God created me, and I'm going to use it now to the best of my ability. Now, whether that's just making money, making a living, which is important, or whether that's um, using it in church or in a um, format that is, you know, to reach out to others with the good news of Jesus, it doesn't matter. We can't compartmentalize those things. It's all going to glorify God. All going to glorify God. So we want to be a good steward. And so today we're going to look at the role of rest. So I'm going to talk loud and I'm going to raise my voice every now and then because talking about rest, some of you may fall asleep. You may think this is the time to get your rest. Okay, and I'm not talking about taking a snooze while I'm preaching. But rest is a gift. Listen, it's a gift. Listen to me closely. Hear that word. Rest is a gift from God to you. I love this fact, and it should be a normal part of our routine. And I'm going to try to help us understand its place in our lives. We're going to have communion later on, so I don't want to go too long, but I'll try to hit as much of this as I can. First of all, I want to say something. Rest isn't retirement. I think about my dad, okay? He retired and did more work after he retired than when he was officially working a job. But he got to do what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. And believe me, guys, he had the tools to do it with in spades over and over. But he enjoyed using the talents that God gave him. God gave him some talents. And then through my grandfather, my mom's dad, he learned how to look at things and analyze them and Use the gifts that God. Hey, listen, this was a, a, a kid from West Virginia that knew how to play basketball and get into trouble. OK, and get in fights after school. All right. He liked music. His whole family liked music. He had some talent there singing. But when he came up here, he had to make a living. When he came up to Ohio, he had to make a living. And he's fortunate enough to meet this lovely lady over here at church all right and when they got married grandpa west roy west had he was like a guy knew if you know dave nolan what he can do that's kind of roy west wasn't it mom he could just figure out anything and and come up with all i mean i saw more things that belonged to him when we were moving mom out and selling things that I, it was like Roy West, Roy West, things that were still around that he had made. And so my dad learned those things from him. Why he'd learn. I don't have much, maybe. I don't have a high, you know, I have a high school education and some experience working with my hands and things and singing a little bit. But what I have, I'm going to use. And I'm going to make the best of it. And boy, did he. This guy had a great life. And so I don't know about you. If you've ever anybody ever have a day off now and then. What I mean is from work at work, from your work at work. Anybody ever have a day off from your work at work? Of course you do. You don't. I don't know anybody here that's working seven days a week. I don't mean your work at home. I'm talking about your work at work. It's nice to have that day off, isn't it? Now, you may spend all day Saturday raking leaves right now, right? Or fixing screen doors, you know, 
or whatever. But that's not the same work as the work at work. A pastor friend of mine, Paul Jones, one day I was leaving the church and I saw him over there with a paintbrush and green paint and he was painting a swing set or something on the playground. And I got kind of indignant and I said to the associate pastor, I said, why is he doing that? Why in the world is he doing that? Don't we have janitors to do that? It was a big church, you know, and we did. I said, well, aren't, why aren't the janitors doing that? And he goes, leave him alone. He goes, that's how he takes a break. <laughs> See, he's not doing his work work. He's doing something that refreshes him. He's still active because he's that kind of a guy. But this was fun to him. I'm just going to paint swing sets here, make them look pretty. And I don't have to think about running this big church or studying or anything. I'm just going to, you know, hum a few good old gospel songs and just paint here, okay? Or listen to the ball game or whatever was going on, you see. He was just letting himself get away from his work. And so I don't know if you decide to read a book, take a hike, binge watch TV. If you ever had that day off, did you ever feel a little guilty? You ever get like a tinge of guilt? Like if you're doing nothing, nothing. I don't mean raking leaves instead of your work. I'm talking about like just sitting on the couch, watching whatever's on. You ever get that little thing that says you should get up and go do that? I have a shelf in my house that's probably been broke for about eight years. But it works. It's in my closet, so you'll never see it. And the, clo and the shelf looks like this. Okay, now things still sit on it by the grace of God. But Mary knows I walk in every now and then and go, I need to fix that. I've said that for like eight years. And I probably won't until it does fall down, okay? <laughs> so I'm just careful how much clothes I put on it, right? And that's the kind of thing I think about when I'm sitting there just watching, you know, whatever we watch. What did we watch last night? The Voice. You know, we like, we like shows like that. We like those, those shows where people are singing and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes you watch one episode, then you let another one. You know, you know how that happens where it rolls into the next one and it rolls into the next That's called binge watching. And you get that little, like, guilty thing, like, I should get up. And maybe you should. But there's times when you shouldn't, when you have been killing it and you do need to just let it go and say, stop, guilt, get out of here. I need this. Now, if you need it like 12 hours a day, every day, you got a problem. OK. But I want us to see our creator's perspective on rest real quick. Rest is an activity. Say that. Rest is an so see that'll make you feel better. People say, so what did you do all day? You know, if you were just doing nothing and and your spouse or your roommate comes home and and you go, they go, well, what did you do all day? Because I had activities. I was involved in activities. Well, what was that? I was resting. Okay, and that's not a lie. Rest is an activity. It's a thing. It's meant to rejuvenate. And re-energize our minds and our bodies. Rest is important. Especially if you've been working and exerting energy all day or all week. You need to kick back. Now sometimes when you got it going guys. And you got a project that it just has to get done. You can't take off right then and have your break. Sometimes you'll work all day. 
12 hours maybe. Depends what kind of a job you have, what kind of activities you're involved with. Sometimes you just have to get it done. And sometimes, you know, you have to wait till maybe the end of the week and get your little breather. Well, that's what you have to do at that moment. Now, if that's an everyday, every week thing, you might need to work on that. Okay? But we need to have time to rejuvenate ourselves. All right? Re-energize. So what is rest? It's a, I just had you say it. Rest is an activity. Rest is an activity. Something that you do. And our culture has a little problem with rest. Our culture has a problem. They think it's a waste of time. They think it's an unproductive time that you're just being lazy. Again, if we do it all the time, maybe we are. If we can't ever seem to get off our you-know-what and go do something, well, we may be lazy. But when we work hard and we're at it, guys, we have to have some time to pull back. I mean, we've been at it for since June. It's June. It's just been every day, every night. I keep telling people I have a second shift job. It's do this, get this done, get it over with, sign the papers, collect the check, put it in mom's account, just keep going. All right? Happy to do it because that's for my mom, okay? Happy to do that. But it's all the time. But you know what we've done is we could have said we just have to keep on it. But somebody would call us and say, hey, you want to go out to eat? And I'd go, yes. And that Friday... We'd, I didn't think about it. I knew I had tons to do, but you know what I did? I took that Friday night off and I went, I'm not thinking about that anymore. I'm just going to go and have a big dinner and laugh and talk about anything but that. That's not even in my universe for the next several hours. The next morning I woke up a little depressed. That I, now I had to make up for that Friday, but it doesn't matter. I needed that rest, Okay. I needed that rest. Let's look at what the Bible says. I said we were going to look at that and quit talking about myself. The Bible challenges the viewpoint that rest is laziness. The Bible will challenge that. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2. This is going to be very familiar to you. Verses 2 and 3. By the seventh day, what did God do the first six days? He created the heavens and the earth. Pretty big job. Yeah. Yeah. He created all that we know today in its pristine beauty. So by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he what? Say it louder. From all his work. From all his work. That's amazing. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it what? It's holy. The seventh day is holy. Because on it. He rested from all the work of creating he had done. See, nobody in this room or any place on this planet would ever accuse God of being lazy, would they? But he rested. He took a day off. He took a day off. And God, God doesn't need a day. He's infinitely powerful and strong. He doesn't like have to take a day Yet, after creating the universe in six days, he rested from all this creation work that he had been doing. How many believe we should be like God 
That's a gotcha question. I know you believe we should be like God. We should be like God in all of his ways, including rest. Why? Because he blessed the seventh day and made it what? Holy. You heard of holy days? The seventh day is a holy day. All right. Not only did he make it holy, he actually made it a spiritual law to observe it. Did you hear what I said? A law. Are laws optional? No. If you break them, something bad will happen. He made it a spiritual law to observe it. It's the fourth commandment. It wasn't too far down in importance. First one is God should be first in your life. The second one is you shall not worship idols. These are important ones, aren't they? My relationship to God. The other one is God's name is holy and we should never take his name in vain. But the fourth one. So now that we got the relationship with God, respect for God, the next order of business is keep the Sabbath day for it's holy. He, made, he put it in the Ten Commandments, guys. People think, well, I, you know, I'm a pretty good person. I don't steal. I don't, you know, lust. I don't kill people, you know. But do you keep the Sabbath? Are you keeping a Sabbath in your life? Are you doing that? It's in here. It's a law. It's a law. Exodus 20, 8 through 11. Let's read that. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it what? I want you to remember that it's a holy time in your life. Do the secular, do the things, glorify God through your work. Yes. But you need a time to turn it off, guys. You have to have a time to turn it off. God is holy. His name is holy. The Sabbath is holy. The word Sabbath actually comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to cease or desist. All you three that I gave, you know, all those cool study things, you know, the three of you, that's from that's from the Holman Bible Dictionary. So you can find cool stuff like that in there. Right. To break down the routine of our work, though, that's the whole purpose of the Shabbat, the Sabbath is. Let's get out of that routine. You need to. It's a holy day. God did it. You need to do it. Since we know what God wants. No. Since we know what God commands. Commandment, right? He's not suggesting, hey, it'd be a good idea if you take a day off every seven days. Every six days. Take seven day off. He's not suggesting it. He's going, I'm commanding you to do that. Wow. Shouldn't we want to take advantage of the spiritual and physical and emotional benefits of that? Shouldn't we want to do that? You know what FOMO is, right? Fear of missing out. There's no need to feel like we're missing out. 
That somebody's going to pass us up at work. Mm -hmm. That somebody's going to do more than we did in school. That the neighbor's yard's going to look better than your yard. And so on and so forth. How many ever seen the Karate Kid movies? You ever see those? Okay. I like those. They're fun. Ha! Sensei! And I like I like the old ones with Mr. Miyagi, you know. I love those classic ones, especially the first one. But there was one that came out in 2010 that had uh, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son in it. Remember that? And Mr. Han, who was, you know, instead of Miyagi, we had Mr. Han, who was a janitor and who uh, was Jackie Chan. OK, and I like seeing Jackie. Chan. I love martial arts. OK. And Jackie Chan is amazing. This guy's like, talk about talent. So here's Jackie Chan playing Mr. Han and Dre, uh, Jaden Smith. You can see the picture over here, uh, played by Jaden Smith. So Dre's been in training, of course, for the karate tournament that he needs to be in. And Han has, Mr. Han has been training him. And, of course, Mr. Han is waxing his car. It's so classic, you know. He's waxing on, waxing off his car. And here comes, here comes uh, Dre. And he's all sweaty. And, you know, he's like, so what time, you know, uh, well, you know what time are we training tomorrow? And Mr. Han said, we're not training tomorrow. And Dre's like, why not? And Han says something in Japanese. I don't know what it was. I, I, try, I played it over and over, and I don't know Japanese. So, But the translation of it is, too much of something is not good. So even though he does need to train, he needs to keep, you know, he needs to stay sharp. And Dre looks all confused and surprised at this answer. And Han looks at him right in his face, and he says, you train a lot, you need rest. And I was like, ooh, that's good. That's good. See, athletes know the importance of rest for their bodies, don't they? NFL athletes who play on Sundays, they take Mondays off. Did you know that? Even when they lose. Now, some get in there and they watch some film. But physically, that's a terrible sport for your body. In every way, it just takes a beating on every part of your body. Did I play in an NFL game yesterday? I feel like I did, okay? Major League pitchers are on a five-day rotation. Starting pitchers, they pitch once and take four days off generally. Five, And actually, it's a five-game rotation. They have days off, so sometimes they're off for six days before they pitch again. There's so much stress going into the angles that they throw those balls. and there's, I mean, they're throwing them at 100 miles an hour, everybody. 90 to 100 miles an hour. Can you imagine if you just threw a rock across the room? It probably, your, the end of my arm would probably just fly off, okay? So they're, they're super people that do this. Their bodies are incredible, but they have to take time off to let those muscles rest, the ligaments to calm down and do whatever they have to do. They ice them and take medications, whatever else, to get everything back and restore that. I believe Christians, we should be like this. We should honor the idea of the Sabbath and take time to rest. And even though we live in this like go-go culture that demands hyper productivity all the time. We, listen, many of us never even take a rest from, hello, this. 
There's times Mary gets mad at me a little bit. But it's like, I've been trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> and I like leave this downstairs and I go upstairs. I can't hear it. Now, this stupid watch starts, it, this new watch, it tells me. So I can't get off the hook as much. But you know what? I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I don't want to do a text message. I don't want to see a social media post. I don't want to know what YouTube is saying. I don't want, I, don't, I, I want some calm. I want my mind not to be doing this and thinking about things. Rest is not synonymous with laziness. In fact, it's a gift from God. And it's meant for our overall health and well-being. But Jesus showed us a more practical view of rest. Let's go to Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 27. On Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? And he answered, Have you ever read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? Now, you may not remember this story, but I do. In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God oh, and ate the consecrated bread, the show bread. Oh, big no-no. That's not for you to eat, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his soldiers, to his companions, to his generals. They fed the army with the holy bread. Then he said to them, here's what Jesus said. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So I want to just turn this a little bit because some of you are already down the road on me. I know, Larry, that's why I won't be at church on Sunday. Because I'm just wiped out. I'm exhausted. I'm just beyond belief. And I don't even want to hear your preaching. I don't even want to hear that beautiful music and sing and worship God. I don't want to even see other people in Christ. I just, I just want nothing. Except SpongeBob on Netflix or something. Whatever. Where are you? I found this on the web. Really? It, it heard me say SpongeBob. The Sabbath... Being a holy day doesn't mean we can't do anything. The Jews had understood that the Sabbath meant you couldn't do anything. They're like, oh, no, it's a Sabbath. You can't do that. Hey, stop it right now. Don't swat that skeeter. It'll be a sin. Plus, you'll murder the mosquito. Double sin. <laughs> I want you to know, I, we bought a stove. We bought a stove some time ago. It's an incredible stove. Never had one like this. And it has a Sabbath setting. I got the instruction manual and I saw the word Sabbath and I went, what? It has a Sabbath setting so that on, the, on Saturday, you put in what the time of day, on Saturday, nothing will work. The oven won't work except the burners will work, but the oven won't work so that the woman can't make food on the Sabbath. You could warm stuff up, but that's it. Have you ever heard of a stove doing this? It has a Sabbath setting. No cooking. But here's the thing. We still have to eat. So there's lunch meat. There's cheese. There's what do you call that stuff? Cheese and, and what? Wendy's. Wendy's. We call it charcuterie, right, Tim? 
We get out the wood thing and we cut up some cheese and lunch meat and, you know, we just eat that. Well, it, the Jews are like, you can't, you can't cook. You can't fix food. You can't clean up. That would be work. There'll be no work. And see, David showed us. He took what was holy, the showbread, and he fed himself and his men. He saved their lives, which was also a holy act. So Jesus is picking grain. He's going along and he's picking grain. And he's, he, his whole idea is, I need to feed my crew and myself. We're hungry. The Sabbath was meant to minister, listen, to us, not us to minister to the Sabbath. The Sabbath is meant to minister to us. And eating is a part of that physical restoration, thank God. There are restaurants open today. And if we need to make a sandwich or we need to make a pot roast, whatever we need to do, it's okay to do that on the Sabbath because all that is a holy act. That's not my work. That's not my work. In fact, for Mary, it might be work, but she actually likes to do that work. Thank you, Jesus. Praise his name forever. Which is why I gained 35 plus pounds when we got married. The Sabbath was made for man. Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. So what does that mean? Don't legalize this to make it a hardship on people to be ridiculous about it. Because I think that's a false religiosity. Oh, we can't do that. I can't help you fix your tire. That would be work. Call AAA. They're heathens. You know what I'm saying? How ridiculous. How ridiculous would that be? That is not what the intention was. So let's close this out. Let's get the rhythm thing back in here. We should be able to be in the rhythm of work, worship, and rest when we have a proper outlook on all three. And there should be this rhythm between work and leisure in our lives so we can enjoy the periods of refreshment, renewal, and restoration and relationships. I'm not going to enjoy my work if that's all I have is my work. As much as, and I do enjoy my work at work. I enjoy it. But I enjoy Fridays. Oh, I love Fridays. It's like, yes, eight more hours, seven more hours. Wah! What do you want, customer? I can do it. Four more hours, you see? I'm energized because I know the next day I have off. I might be doing work at home, but at least I'm not doing that work. After five days, that's been enough of that. Okay. Most of us, though, have a tendency to overvalue our work. And I want you to know leisure time can be a type of worship for us. And rest, you can actually, I'll tell you about my mind unwinds when I'm not in work mode. And I think more about God. Just, just yesterday, I, I was talking to somebody before church and I said, I don't know why. But I was doing work over at mom's house, which is not my work work. And all of a sudden, her face, her name just kept running through my mind. So I stopped and prayed for her. I said, I don't know why, but God was just putting you there. You see, God, we can minister. We can be a part of ministry. God will minister to us all while we're in our rest and leisure time, if you will. Leviticus sixteen twenty nine says, this is to be the lasting ordinance for you. On the 10th day... Now, this is a different thing than the Ten Commandments. On the 10th day of the seventh month, let's just say, what, July 10th? Okay, if it was us. You must deny yourselves, 
which meant to fast and not do any work. So you're not going to eat and you're not going to work once a year. Whether native born or foreigner residing among you, because on this day atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. It is a day of Sabbath rest and you must deny yourselves. It is a lasting ordinance. One more time, God is saying, I need you to rest weekly and you should rest daily. But you also he has a day of rest appointed in the year to fast, give your digestive system a rest as well as your body a rest so that you can focus on him so that you can be in his presence so it's not listen rest is not so much the absence of activity as it is the presence of god if we're resting but we're not taking advantage of that time to also commune with god we're missing a dimension of that that could be wonderful for us so i'm going to skip through some things here just because of what time it is. But I want to quote from uh, Grant McCaskill in the theologyofwork.org, a website. And here's what he said. The Sabbath principle is that we must consecrate a portion of our time and keep it free from the demands of work, allowing it to take on a distinctive character of worship. This is not to say that the Sabbath is the only time of worship nor that work cannot be a form of worship itself. But the Sabbath principle allows us time to focus on God in a different way than the working week allows us to, and to enjoy his blessing in a distinctive way. Now, I know by looking at me, you can't tell this, but I used to be a weightlifting maniac, okay, like Alex. I used to have blown-out triceps, cannonball shoulders, deltoids that gave me the V-shaped body, and I loved it. It was hard work, and I loved it. It was just, and I had a buddy. The reason I loved it is I had this friend, Vic, Victor Gennaro, my goomba. Yeah, case it each. And I would go, and on Mondays, he would Beat me on my shoulders, my neck, my uh, pecs, all this upper body, this whole area here. That was what we we're going to work on on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we would move down and we get the tries and the buys and our forearms. Man, just, you know, an hour of just, and you, you know, I couldn't pick up a pencil all day. You know, I'd have to do an assist like this, you know. And then on Friday, we would do the, the lower back. The mid back here, okay, we would do the abs, which I hated, and, and we would do the delts, okay? And so you know what I'm talking about, right? We would do these areas, and we would go back and do that routine every week, okay? Every week. See, we would work these muscles to exhaustion and then let them rest. We would work the tar out of them, and I mean, you couldn't, oh, when we would do... I'm telling you, when we would do the neck and stuff and the stuff we would do, it was like I couldn't hold my head up at work. You know, I'd be like this. I'd be like, help. <laughs> Saliva running out the side. Because that's not stuff that you normally use in that way. You don't, when you're building up these two things, what are those called right here? The two muscles right there, huh? The traps, yes. When you're building up, you don't, 
You don't do this with 60-pound weights very often, you know. You do that when somebody asks you a question. You go, I don't know. But you don't do it with two things strapped to your side going, I don't know. And then hold them, you see. So you're bringing things to exhaustion. And here's the thing. The great part was we're done with that for a week. We'll come back to that next week and we'll do more. We let them rest. And you know what happened? The muscles literally restored themselves. The muscles restore themselves. So you might have periods of exhaustion, of tough time, things that you're going through. Your job or your work may take everything out of you to the point of exhaustion even. That's not really bad. That's not really a bad thing unless we don't rest. If we don't rest, our mental, our emotional, and physical muscles, it's not a bad thing unless we don't rest. And I found this, even machines require rest. In the business I work in, they have to shut machinery down to service them. So every so often, once or twice a year, most of the machines that make steel, that make electricity, that make other machines, whatever it is, they shut them down for maintenance so that they don't break down when they need them most. You need to shut down for maintenance so you don't break down when you're needed the most. And you know what? We need to make sure that we include spiritual rest, which is a time of worship, daily, devotional, weekly, corporate. We need these times. And you might say, well, I don't have time. You just have no idea. I've got so much jammed in my life. I'm just going to say this. You'll perform better, more efficiently, and you'll feel better if you do that. I remember Youngie Cho. Remember David, David Cho, Youngie Cho, who pastored the largest church in the world in Korea, in Seoul, Korea. And somebody said to him, how much do you pray a day? And he goes, at least four hours a day. And he goes, how do you find time to pray four hours a day? He goes, I could never get done everything I need to get done without at least four hours of prayer a day. See, he, found, he, said, he knew that that time made him so much more capable of handling all the other things. I don't have time. Well, I mean, we need to take the time and we can experiment with that and see if it makes us more efficient, better, more refreshed better perspective listen we have an owner's manual it's the bible and the owner's manual commands rest right so let's follow our owner's manual let's bow our heads for prayer father you say in your word come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God, I pray that we will come to you. We will do just that. We will not keep trudging on and trying to do things in our own strength, but we'll realize that if we don't have that time of restoration with you, we're going to fail. We're going to come to a place of failure where the things we've been depending on aren't going to work. You said we need you 
on a consistent basis. We need to take time out to rest and commune with you. Your word says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So we need your strength, God, not ours alone. We can't do it. It might be our assignment, but it's not our strength. Your word says, my heart, my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So God, strengthen our hearts strengthen us physically strengthen us emotionally mentally god we come to you we crave that time with you nothing is more important than our times of rest isaiah said even the youths shall faint and be weary we're seeing that today we're seeing we're Many young people are committing suicide. It's just too much for them. There's no hope in their lives. They don't see the point of living. It says, even the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God, teach us to wait. Teach us to be in your presence. Teach us to have that time of rest with you. We can do all things, but you will have to strengthen us. You will have to provide that strength, and we will have to take time out to be with you. I pray for those who are under incredible stress right now. Encourage them. Encourage them, Holy Spirit, not only... Not only that they can make it, not only that they can do it, but they're going to need to be with you. They're going to need to be with God. They're going to need to take time out to rest. And then they can go right back in the fight. That they're going to have to pull away. And then they can go right back in the fight. They can go ahead and do that. I give you thanks. I give you praise. I pray that this will touch people's hearts and encourage them today. May your word, God, speak to us. Help us, God, and may we leave here different than the way that we came, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we transition to our time of communion and saying goodbye to those who are joined us through streaming, let's sing a song together that Sherry's playing. It's an, it's an old song I remember just came to my mind when I was preparing this. It says, you are my all in all. Let's sing that together. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in I'll just reach out, let him bring you rest today. Sing it. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy your name Jesus Lamb 
want to thank you for joining us through our streaming service today. And may God bless you. And uh, if you need information about our church, you can go to thelightingkent.com. And uh, we appreciate you being with us. If you wouldn't mind liking, sharing, commenting on our video, we would sure appreciate that. That would help us. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightingkent.com or message us on Facebook.